0: Call 562 314 4603 for complete details.
1: I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League Podcast.
2: Hey, how's everybody doing? The NBA All Star break is in the books, and we are ready to go. The Bulls have 23 games left in the regular season, hoping to make a push to qualify for the play-in tournament and get a shot at making that eight-team playoff field. Our special guest on episode 119 and gave me the hot sauce is the public address announcer at the United Center. You know him, Tim Sinclair. He was at the All-Star Game in Salt Lake City doing all the work over there. He's also the PA voice for the Bears, the Chicago Fire, the Fighting Illini, and he also does work on NBA 2K. So he's full service for all you fans out there. It'll be fun chatting with Tim in just a bit. Stacy, what'd you do over the All-Star break? Anything fun?
3: Relaxed. Um, yeah. took, the, took the time off, trying to re, you know get, recharge the batteries a little bit. I was going to jump on a plane and go with whispers to Florida, and I decided at the last second that you know, it was just going to be me and him. And uh, it just wasn't really worth the trip. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my goodness. Oh, man.
2: So, Whispers, what what did you end up doing out in Fort Myers? It was supposed to be a guy's weekend, and everybody canceled on you.
0: Yeah, I was just by myself.
2: Oh, that's a sad song. (laughs) All by myself. myself. It was kind of
0: like that. Well, Chief Little Legs came
2: over. All right. That's good. Did you guys shoot any videos? Uh, no we did not <laughs> I, what kind I, of video I, no 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 no. it's angel water
3: videos
1: check started. out oh, my water
2: yeah. Andy. yeah drew the oh, water guru yeah drew the water guru yeah that could get a little weird so. we only drink angel water here in the hot sauce studios Keeps yes we do yeah, absolutely except stacy's drinking something else so other than that you know we're doing fine all right, so the news of the week. Uh, Lonzo Ball will not be playing any basketball this season. The Bulls announced, as expected, they are shutting him down. We had LeVar Ball on the show a few weeks ago, Stace, and he was talking about the fact that even if Lonzo could get back for a few games, it'd be worthwhile. But obviously, they decided that his knee is just not close to being ready for game competition.
3: Well, obviously, he's not comfortable being out there, and they're yeah. not comfortable putting him out there and further you know, doing damage to the knee. I mean, it's still baffling to the team – Lonzo's people, doctors, of why he's still feeling pain in the knee. Yeah. So it's it's tough. I mean, this is, you know, he's missing the whole season. And I think when you look at it long term, you know, it's kind of like being redshirted, you know, and hopefully that he can get that knee right this summer and then be able to come back, you know, next season 100% ready to go because it's obvious he's a key to uh, key to this team. And if he's not out there, we've seen the difference with him not being out there.
2: When we talked to LeVar, you know, he didn't go into great detail in terms of how many doctors he's seen or what the diagnosis is. What we've been told is that he had some debris from past surgeries that was rubbing on a nerve. They cleaned that out. But for whatever reason, whenever he tries to ramp up his activity, tries to do some serious running and cutting, he has a lot of discomfort, a lot of pain. You, you worry about the kid's long-term future. He's only 25. He loves the game. I mean, some people are saying, well, he's just sitting at home collecting checks. Hey, that's the last thing he wants no. to do is be watching his teammates play. No,
3: this this kid loves, eats, sleeps, and drinks basketball. He works on his game tirelessly. Uh, he, he made himself into a better three-point shooter. He changed the way he shot the basketball completely. Um, really worked to become a threat from the three-point line. The guy was shooting over 40% from the three-point line last year. He was arguably the best, you know, one of the best rebounders the Bulls had last year. And defensively with both him and Caruso on the floor at the same time, the Bulls officially was a top five defensive team. So, they definitely miss him. They de- The Bulls definitely miss his leadership and being able to slow the tempo down and get good shots. Uh, fourth quarter is where you really start to see where he's missed because the Bulls have lost so many games this year in the fourth quarter where they've lost direction. You know, when they have 14, 15, 24-point leads, and they're losing games because that's where you need that point guard to be able to stabilize what you need to get done. That's the guy that says, whoa, slow it down. Let's get in our offense. I'm going to get you a shot this time. I'm going to come down next time, read the defense. If they're still in that same defense, I'm going to get you another shot. And that's where you really miss Lonzo Ball.
2: I know you're not a doctor, but I'm going to ask your opinion anyway. You think he comes back and plays next season, Lonzo?
3: You know, I'm not a doctor, Mark. Right. But I did sleep in a holiday here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. He, he's yeah. coming back. I, I just... I just think this has been very unfortunate, and I think so many people are, you know, I've heard, oh, he's the next Brandon Roy and all this other stuff. And uh, people need to chill on that, you know, because, you know, this kid, you know, they got paid a lot of money. Um, the Bulls are, are protecting their asset, you know. Um, of course they want him back. You know, but it was a smart thing to shut him down because there's only 20-some games left, 23 games left. And, you know, what is the realistic chance him coming back this late in the season that he would have made such an impact to get us over the edge in 23 games? You know, because it would have still taken him three weeks to get his body right and his his legs and everything. So, um, you know, I I don't think he would have made that big of an impact. Maybe, Maybe if it would have been early in December, and then now he's, now he's starting to work his way in, like, you know, like um, Murray from Denver, you know, Jamal Murray. You saw in the beginning of the year with him, he didn't look the same, but he's worked himself into, you know, a plan shape. He's he's much more confident with his knees. Uh, same thing with Kawhi Leonard, you know, slow, you know, they did work management, load management, as they call it. And now he looks better going into the playoffs. So I think it would have been similar, but I'm looking forward to him coming back next year. I think he's going to make a full recovery. And I think he's going to be a big reason the Bulls, uh, you know, really, are one of the best teams next year.
2: And for fans who are pessimistic out there, you know, there have been stories of guys missing a long time and coming back and regaining their effectiveness. Jonathan Isaac, the young player from the Orlando Magic, Ooh. sat out for two years trying to get his knee right. Now he's back, and hopefully he can resume his career at a high level. Remember when Joe Allen beat started his career? He missed like two seasons with foot problems. Now it's different with a seven-footer with with foot problems that that always is going to have some impact on their careers. But there have been my the point is there there are stories in the league of guys missing multiple seasons and coming back and playing at a high level
3: well we've seen it here in chicago with derrick rose when he tore his acl up and then next year he tore his mcl on his other knee mm-hmm. and it was very frustrating to the fan base that it just seemed like you know derrick couldn't catch a break and then all of a sudden now you know he, he got himself back in it. he's playing no new york's not playing him but the, the last few years he's yeah, been playing at yeah. a pretty high level um it's unfortunate they're not playing him in new york but um, he still can help a team, you know, um, especially a team that might be a playoff caliber team that's looking for guys who can come in and strengthen their bench or strengthen their point guard play.
2: So don't close the door on Lonzo Ball. He wants to come back. He loves the game of basketball. And I, I'm pretty confident, as Stacey, is that we'll see him in training camp ready to roll in September. So exit Lonzo Ball for the rest of the season. Enter the Chicago native, Patrick Beverly, the pride of Chicago Marshall High School. And this kid, since the news was announced that he's coming home, He has been all over the place on social media, and he's talking about, you know, I can't wait to wear that Chicago across the chest and represent in my hometown. If you think I played hard in previous stops, wait till you see what I do playing for my hometown team. He is going to be fired up, Stacey. And for fans that have seen the team being maybe a little bit flat at times, he's not going to let anybody be flat out there.
3: No, I mean, this is a a guy that, you know, will check you. I mean, he he will check the team. He will check his own teammates. You're not playing hard. This is exactly what they need. Now, I don't know exactly what he's going to bring offensively, defensively. I don't know. We, we know from past, he's been a really good defensive player, but he's getting up there in age, you know, and uh, but his, he still has leadership qualities. He's a guy that like, yeah, you know, he's going to make you play hard. And that's what you need in the locker room. This locker room in particular is guys that will hold you accountable when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. See, we've got right now, before he came, we got a lot of nice guys and no one wants to know in that locker room. They all lead by example. Right. You know, DeMar is a great veteran. He takes the young players, talks to them, shows them, you know, you know how to be pros but he's not a guy that's going to point, you know, say you're not doing this, you're not doing that. He's not that guy. He's going to come out every night. He's going to do his job and hope everybody follows. But this is the guy that'll that get in your face. Yeah, this, absolutely. This, this a yeah. guy that will, you know, will check your manhood. Like, you know, you, <laughs> you know, he'll he'll get in your face and tell you and he he won't back down. That's what I've always liked about him as a player um he's one of those guys when you play against a mark you you can't stand him you like you hate him you know it's like oh this guy uh but when he's on your team kind of like dennis Rodman. you know when you bring a guy like that who on the other team you hate and despise and the fan base hates and despise him he comes on your team now he's that you know everybody loves him because of the way he plays the style that he plays the guy will hold people accountable he will hold himself accountable so I'm looking forward to seeing these last 23 games, the dynamics of that. Now, the big question is, you know, how many minutes he's going to play? Are they going to start him? Are they going to put him in the lineup right away? Because you don't have a lot of time to acclimate him. You no. got to You got to it's, it's activation. As soon as he steps on that court, you got 23 games to try to work your way into not just being in the play-in game, but actually be in the playoffs. You know, the Bulls need to find their way. they are only a few, you know, four or five games out of, you know, being in like the sixth spot. So you got to start going on the streak here. You got to try to win four or five games and and start putting wins together.
2: Yeah. And people are saying, well, Patrick Beverly's 34. He only averages six or seven points a game. What's he going to bring? Well, over his last 25 games, Patrick Beverly has shot the three pointer at a high clip. He's shooting about 42% from the three point line. So he can come in and, and be a decent spot-up shooter. For his career, people think, wow, he's just a defensive guy. He shoots it at 37% from the three-point line, and he's going to get open three-point looks, which you know, at times, Io has been reluctant to shoot because that's not his strong point. Pat Bev is a guy who can spot up and knock down a three.
3: Well, I mean, you know, Caruso. Caruso struggled from the yeah, three-point yeah. line this year. Io all of a sudden went into the tank and now is hesitant to take threes. Now you got a guy that'll come in First of all, he doesn't lack confidence. He didn't care if he was shooting 29%. He'll he's shoot, gonna it, shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he's open, he's going to shoot. And that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And that's how you get confidence. If you're open, you take the shot. If you miss, you miss. If you make it, you make it. And so this is a guy who does not lack confidence in that aspect of his game. So he will take that shot. And he's, like you said, he's shooting over four, almost 40%, you know, this year. What I like about him is, is that he also, you know, he's a much better point guard than people think. Like he, he can get to the basket. He can finish. He can, you know, He'll go, he'll you know he'll be an irritant to other teams. He'll pick up guys full court. He'll play physical. Uh, when he switches on a bigger guy, we saw it with Demar Derozan. Even though Demar Derozan had him in the post when he was with Minnesota and scored on, him and then put his hand down saying he was yeah, too small. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you you like a guy like Patrick Beverly that plays with heart. That's not afraid to bang. He's not. I I, I like what he did when he was in L.A. When when one of his teammates was uh, getting stood over by a player. And uh, he came up from behind and shoved him, like, get out of my boy's face. And yeah. that's some 90s-style basketball. So I, I like that part of him. He sticks up for his teammates. But I like the fact that he's going to add a little edge to this team in these 23 games. He's playing at home. That's even going to inspire him even more. But I, I think what you've seen in the press, what you've heard him say, this is not all talk. This is not some guy just, you know, flapping his lips and just making things sound good. This is a guy who's actually going to do what he says.
0: So the message to LeBron's not just flapping the lips?
3: What was that message? I don't know.
0: That they're gonna lose the two games that
3: they're yeah, gonna they're play. Yeah, they're gonna beat and- the Lakers twice, yeah, help knock yeah. them out of the playoffs. Well, I'd be careful about that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I mean, you can have that. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure Russell Westbrook is saying the same thing. That's why yeah, I went to the yeah, Clippers. Yeah. I know the Bulls really wanted Russell Westbrook, but Russell probably looked at the situations and said, hey, wait a minute, I already still have a house in L.A. My yeah, family's there. Yeah. It's an easy thing. Maybe if there had been more games and his role would have been defined, like, you know, what he was going to do here, maybe he comes here. But – you get a chance to stick it to the Lakers now. You oh, get a yeah, chance yeah. to go at Laker Nation, all the people that booed him, all the people that said things against him and, you know, embarrassed him and why his family was there. You know, th- he's personal. And the one thing about Russell Westbrook, you know, he's on that get-back tour. He wants you he, <laughs> he, he that. The only way you get back at the Lakers is to be in position to watch the Clippers succeed and get to the playoffs and the Lakers fail.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what Westbrook adds to that team. You know, he was a teammate of Paul George in Oklahoma City, and those guys had a good relationship. And the minute that Westbrook became available, Paul George was recruiting him hard. And now that Kawhi Leonard's come back and playing pretty good basketball, actually playing at a very high level, Clippers are Clippers are a dangerous dark horse team in that West. Let me
3: tell you something. They upgraded their roster. I mean, you got you got Plumlee coming yeah. from Charlotte. They were they got Eric Gordon a shooter. So they upgraded in in some very weak areas because they really didn't have a big guy coming off the bench. And Plumlee is an underrated center. People, man, they're sleeping on this kid. This guy can defend. He can rebound. He can run the floor, finish at the rim. He's a really good passer, underrated passer. So now they got him coming off the bench. You got Eric Gordon, a scorer coming off Mm -hmm. the bench, a proven scorer in this league. They can come out and keep the defense stretched, uh, and then you bring in a Russell Westbrook that you can turn loose and and pick up the tempo and the pace in that starting group. So I, I'm really impressed what they did, but they're still to me the class of the Western Conference is Denver right now. There's I just don't I just don't see anybody even Phoenix Phoenix being able. But Phoenix doesn't have a bench. You know, so mm-hmm. you, you unless you're gonna play Kevin Durant, those guys forty something minutes tonight. <laughs> you know, they're in the same situation that Miami was in a few years ago when they, you know, they cleared up all their space to bring in this kind of talent. I, I just don't see. I mean, I see the Mavericks doing more than uh, than the than the Suns, but Kevin Durant is is a is a enormous talent. But I just don't see anybody really messing with the Nuggets. I think they're it, coming out the West.
0: Do you remember uh, Mark saying to uh, Adam Amin? What if Kevin Durant went to Phoenix? What, and you, uh, Adam said that'll never, ever happen.
2: Well, no one expected that, no. that yeah. they, they do an in-season trade. It's, yeah, it's that's the NBA. Injury. That's why yeah. people yeah. love yeah. the NBA so much.
3: Yeah, it, you're just—I mean, anything can happen, mm-hmm. and any player can be traded. It doesn't matter. Superstar players have been traded since the beginning of time in the NBA. So it doesn't matter if a team can put some talented uh, pieces together to move us to move to move on a superstar, they
2: will. Let's talk about one of our great sponsors, our good buddy Jeff Vukovic over at Nationwide Insurance. When it comes to insurance for your auto, home, and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our good friend Nationwide agent Jeff Vukovic. I think he's been spending time down in Phoenix uh, enjoying spring training with the White Sox and Cubs. He always supports all of Chicago teams, so if you have insurance needs, Make sure you contact Jeff. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. And, and Stacey, it's probably the longest you've gone in quite a while without singing the jingle. No, I sing it every day at the house. Okay. I say, so I've been practicing. America,
3: <laughs> you know. Behind the scenes I'm with behind Stacey the scene, King. That's right. <laughs> Nationwide is on your side.
0: <laughs>
2: There you go. We're ready for 23 games of Bulls basketball and hopefully some postseason action as well. When you look at the standing, Stacy, the Bulls right now, two games behind Toronto for the 10th spot, but they don't want to just try to get to the 10th spot. They want to see to move up as, as high as you possibly can. Atlanta changed coaches. They fired Nate McMillan. Crazy, uh, yeah, crazy, uh, crazy. Joe Prunty will take over as crazy. the interim coach. Wow. they got a lot of talent on the Atlanta Hawks roster, but they're a game under 500. they They're a team that maybe you could run down if you get on a hot streak.
3: Well, let me tell you something. I mean, you you firing Nate McMillan this late in the season what a joke the guy the guy won you know all those games a year before you know easter conference finals two years ago and and you know that had to do more with him and trey young not Mm -hmm. being able to coexist and so that that's sad but when you look at the standings right there right now the bulls should be looking at make that bigger again guys i got bad eyes it's too far okay there we go i'm just being honest america (laughs) So, so so if you look at like from from six down I mean the Bulls can definitely catch these teams but they got to go on a winning streak. That's not just yeah. winning three games yeah, and I lose it. two. Mm-hmm. It's it's like winning four, five, six games. They can do it but you got to flock in now man. This is playoff basketball. Look at look at look at like the Knicks right now, uh you got the Bucks who's the hottest team. They've won 12. The Sixers have won four in a row. Um and then the Knicks have won three. And then you got the Wizards and Raptors, who the Bulls are chasing. They're winning games right now. They've put two games together. So the Bulls have got to turn it around, and they've got to start putting some team, some wins together to even make a dent.
2: We're gonna bring in Tim Sinclair, who was in All in Salt Lake City for All Star Weekend, get his thoughts and some of the things he saw, including Mac McClung winning that slam dunk Matt contest. Yeah, former Bulls. Yeah, we we'll, yeah, yeah, one from game. A Bulls player. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You know, he's a two-way guy with the Philadelphia 76ers. He's getting endorsements all over the place. So congratulations to Mac McClung. Coming up after a break, we will bring in our friend Tim Sinclair, our special guest on episode 119 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. We're back in episode 119 of Give Me the Hot Sauce. It's our pleasure to welcome in the guy that you hear at the United Center. He's got the great voice, Tim Sinclair. He's the PA announcer for the Chicago Bulls also the Chicago Bears the Chicago Fire. Stacy's gotten reverb going. As he's listening to the show and being on it at the same time.
3: <laughs>
2: also, the voice of uh, NBA 2K, which is which is really cool. And he's in Champaign Urbana getting ready to do the public addresses uh, announcements at State Farm Center as the Fighting I host Northwestern tonight. So, Tim, you are a very busy man. We appreciate you taking time for Give Me the Hot Sauce. Uh, let's start with All Star Weekend. What was that like for you being in Salt Lake City and, uh, and seeing all the festivities?
1: Well, first of all, thanks for having us, guys. This is uh, certainly a pleasure. All-Star was uh, great as usual. Everyone's different. You know, you, you last year the game was pretty good and the, the dunk contest was terrible. This year it was kind of the other way around. I felt like the skills challenge and dunk contest were a lot of fun. The game was just so-so. But the atmosphere is always incredible. And uh, you, it's kind of like old home week for people who've worked in the NBA for a few years. You see a lot of people you haven't seen in a while and then you never know when you're going to turn a corner and run into uh, uh, an NBA player or a former NBA player. I was getting on the elevator in my hotel and Alan Iverson walked out and walked around the corner and Dr. J was there. So those things are always a lot of fun and uh, never gets old.
3: Talk a little bit about that slam dunk contest and how electrifying it was. I mean, it caught. I, I knew about this Matt McClung. I, I saw him in high school. I knew he was a high flyer. Uh, he just got called up from the G League to play for Philadelphia. Basically, you know, he could have put you know G League uniform. I yeah, think he did yeah. at the end. Um, but to talk a little bit how how the electricity because from where I was watching it from the fans' point of view at home, it seemed like it was probably the most entertaining dunk contest we've had in a long, long time.
1: Yeah, in, in years and years and years. Um, I think there was some anticipation because a lot of people remembered the virality of his dunks in high school and college. I called a game when he was playing for Georgetown and came and played Illinois a number of years ago and remember people even talking about it then. And so the anticipation was high and he was very, very smart to do his, in in my opinion, his best dunk first, um, and, and make it. I think that was a big problem last year. There were so many misses. It just sort of sucked the air out of the room, but there was anticipation for him to, to dunk. And he went over not one, but two people. And then when you saw the replay and saw that he'd banged it off the backboard before doing his reverse dunk, um, it, it was unreal to be close. And then, watching highlights they just got better and better and uh yeah you're, you're right best in years and uh every bit that you saw oozing through the television in terms of energy uh it was in that building for sure
2: it's pretty interesting after the game that uh, Mike Malone the head coach of the Denver nuggets and was the uh named the coach for the Western Conference uh, all-stars he said that it was painful to watch that that game you know no defense uh oh. guys just right up and down the court dunking the ball doing whatever they want Do you think that Commissioner Silver, who's been a very proactive guy, is is going to take a hard look at this game and maybe try to reformat it a little bit in the coming years?
1: Well, I felt like three years ago in Chicago, right after Kobe passed, and they decided to do the Elam ending, and they decided to play each quarter for charity, that was the first All-Star game I'd ever done. And I I really felt like those changes brought back some of the competitiveness in the All-Star game. And that lasted for, apparently, two years plus the... Uh, year that they did it in atlanta during covid i don't know what happened this year guys just decided that it was going to be a layup line um i I think the elam ending helps i think the playing for charity and each quarter is kind of its own game helps but i would not be surprised if they tried to reformat it in some way shape or form to get guys to to play a little defense um they did that with they completely re envisioned the skills challenge and have made changes to that each time. And so I don't see why, you know, that wouldn't also happen for the game if people are going, eh, it's not even worth watching. It's so bad.
3: Yeah, I, I was looking at a clip from Kobe Bryant. And, you know, Kobe was talking about, you know, people say, Why do you play so hard in these all-star games? And he said, I take it personal, because if you're if you're considered one of the best at, at what you do, you you the competitive you know, nature that comes along with it. You want to show these other guys that I'm better than you. So he always took it as a personal challenge to, to play hard and just watching that game the other day, I was like, man, this is the kind of game you just want to turn it off. Cause it was just like a glorified layup line guys. I mean, so take, you know, Jason Tatum scoring 55, it's kind of tainted. Cause it's like, well, you know, pretty much everybody could have scored 55. if They really, you know, would have thought about it because there was no defense. I could have scored 30 <laughs> with that defense. <laughs> So, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> it, was it, it, just, it wasn't fun to watch. It was
1: bad. Hey, let's, yeah, I, and I, I agree. And I now, I didn't work the game. I just did the skills challenge and the dunk contest, the three-point contest. So, I got to kind of sit back and take it all in from the arena. And I remember saying several times to a couple of the other NBA guys who were with me, like, this, this just feels different than the last few years in terms of competitiveness. And so, uh, I would assume the NBA has been very proactive in trying to always make things better. And uh, if they're getting negative feedback toward the game. And I I think they are And TV ratings came out and those were down. Uh, I would not at all be surprised if they tried to, to make some tweaks to make next year's in Indianapolis uh, a little bit more fun.
2: Yeah. I think it'll be a lot better next year. I think another factor was uh, because Giannis went out immediately because of the wrist injury and LeBron didn't play the second half and they're two of the most competitive guys and they couldn't really rally their teams, but let's move on to talk about what's been going on at the United center since you've arrived. Obviously, you are the voice that people hear at the United Center, and you're really uh, important in trying to get the crowd fired up. I, I know that at any job, sometimes you walk in and you're a little bit tired and, and maybe you don't have that energy. How do you get yourself fired up to make sure that, that you can get the crowd at the United Center fired up on a given game?
1: You know, I, I really feel like um, if, if I have to do that, maybe I'm doing the wrong job. Um, obviously I want the team to win. I want to be good. It's always more fun when you win, but on the flip side, I'm sitting center court for 40 some NBA games every year for the greatest team in the world, for the greatest fans in the world. And so to me, I don't ever want that to get old. I want to be able to walk in, um, and really take in how amazing an opportunity that is. And that in and of itself kind of gets me fired up. I would assume, you know, you know, certain nights are harder than others based on the play on the court. But um from my perspective, I've got one of the best jobs ever and and that literally every single day makes me love going to work.
3: Talk a little bit about when you first came to Chicago and you know, they always talk about how hard it is to replace uh an iconic person, you know, stepping in right behind them and, and now you gotta feel some big shoes. And I thought from the very get go, you know, you feel shoes from the very first day that we heard your voice on there um talk about replacing tommy edwards who's been there for 25 years and then you step in right behind him and then you know all of a sudden you know we haven't missed a beat
1: (laughs) well i I appreciate that uh i I felt the same with the bears too you know uh jim had been there 38 years when, when i took over and there's always a little fear and trembling when you're taking over for a legend or a great or in many cases, the only voice that fans of that team have ever heard in their lifetime, just because that's it spanned their entire lifetime. So for me, I had to go in, one, realizing I was hired for a reason because the team felt like I was the person for the job. And so I took some solace in that. But I also um, had to just commit to being myself and, and letting the chips fall where they may. I, I've never been a fan of pretending to be someone else or trying to um, do something just because somebody wants me to do it. If I'm not being authentic about it, then likely um, it's not going to come across great. And so if I can be me, hopefully people will like me <laughs> and um, it'll it'll be great. Um, but if I'm trying to pretend to be somebody I'm not, um, that's not going to last real long because I think fans they can tell when somebody in that position is acting. Um, I'm not always going to be turned up to eleven. I'm not always going to be at the same excitement level. I'm not always going to be exactly the same because situations are different, and teams are different. And, uh, you know, so I, I want to reflect what the crowd is or should be feeling in a given moment, and hopefully, Uh, That comes across. That's been my goal from the beginning, and um, I couldn't be more thankful for the welcome that uh, I've received from uh, players and broadcasters and and fans alike.
2: Speaking of different situations, uh, you have to make the uh, drive down to Champaign-Urbana to call – Fighting Illinois basketball games—they've got a big game tonight against Northwestern—and you've got a different atmosphere going from the NBA, which sometimes is is a more reserved suit suit and tie kind of a crowd. People, uh, you know, adults just uh, entertaining clients and stuff. Now you're going into a frenzied student atmosphere. What's what's that like for you going down there working the Illinois games?
1: Yeah, they're very different. Um, this is, I think, my eighth or ninth season now with Illinois, and. Yeah, student sections are something else, especially the Orange Crush. And they sit about 10 feet behind me, so <laughs> I can hear them the uh, entire game. And um, it's just – it's a different atmosphere, but it's its great. Like, in the NBA, you're right. It's more about glitz and glamour and entertainment and a show and some of those things. Uh, and in college, it's more about, um, I think, history and students and the band and the cheerleaders. It's just – it's got a a very different feel, but but I like it. Um, you know, we've got some season ticket holders who might be more like an NBA fan who tend to stay in their seats more often than not. Um, but you've got thousands and thousands of screaming Orange Crush fans who literally don't let up from, you know, tip to the final buzzer. And it it makes it a different kind of fun. I don't know how else to describe it other than that, but uh, man, I I cherish those games that uh, I get to do. And uh, ideally I don't have to miss too many. There are some, some overlaps every once in a while, but uh, I try to make every single one I'm able to.
3: You've seen a lot of games, football, baseball, basketball, talk a little bit about what's one of the most special things that you've seen uh, at any of the levels as a as an announcer as a as a you know play-by-play guy just or anything just watch like I like people say well, the most iconic thing is the Michael Jordan shot on Cleveland you know the guy who was there probably was like wow that was the greatest thing what has been the greatest thing that you've seen whether it be college or NBA or NFL
1: um I would say gosh it's it's I, I mean I this just is last year Justin Fields running for 170 some yards and breaking the all-time record in a game for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback. You don't see NFL history very often, so that that's probably on my list. Uh, I do a lot of soccer, and uh, a few years ago, um, Lionel Messi came with Argentina to play at Soldier Field, and he had been injured. But of course, 60,000 people were in the stands specifically to see him, and he didn't start. Everybody was very disappointed. <laughs> And then in the 60th minute, he got off the bench and checked into the game. And of course, everybody goes crazy. And in the next 25 minutes goes on to score three goals. Oh wow. <laughs> and it, was, it was some of the most brilliant soccer I have ever seen. Uh, you know you were watching not only a legend, but you know, most people would say, one of the best, if not the best, to ever play the game. And that sticks with me uh, for sure. The other thing I'll mention is it's not really a game, but it was halftime of last year's All-Star game when they recognized the 75 greatest NBA players yeah. of all time. And I got to be the voice of that uh, on TNT. And that, man, especially introducing Michael at the end, uh, I'd never introduced him up till that point. And getting a chance to do that um, will we'll be at number one on my list for a very long time.
2: Well, speaking of uh, being one of the best in the game, you know you've made it big when your voice is on a video game. You're involved (laughs) in NBA 2K. Tell us how that all came about and what is the workload involved? Because they've got to be prepared for so many different eventualities. How much man hours did you put in to try to make that project go?
1: Yeah, 2K really decided to be uh inventive and and they they made every arena look like the home arena and then they decided we want to make it sound like the home arena and so they reached out to some of the PA guys and said, "Hey, can can you help us record everything that you would do in a game to make this sound like a Bulls home game?" And so uh I think 2 years ago was my first time out there and and that that was the big one because you have to literally get everything recorded. Um, all those possibilities, right? So we would we would sit there. You have to get every jersey number, every potential height. You had to get every potential um, position, name, all of those things. And I would I, we sat in there and would do zero, zero, one, one, Oh two, no, two, wow, all the way to one hundred and fifty <laughs> because you had to have an up sound for one score and a down sound for the other score. And it could be any score. Oh, and then you had no. to do a six foot guard, a six, one guard, a six, two guard, a six, like all oh, the wow. way through all the heights from five feet to eight feet. Cause you can create anything you want. <laughs> and and then because in two K you can trade oh, players sure. to any team. It wasn't just like I had to do Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan for the Bulls and be excited. And and that was it. You have to do every single player that could potentially be there oh, as if man. they're home and as if they're away. So, um, yeah, after six days of recording, um, I was tired. <laughs> <laughs> and now the last two times I've been back has been like three to three and a half days of catching all wow. the stuff that is new in the game. But it's an experience of a lifetime, for sure. It's like, let me renegotiate my contract. I'm not getting paid yeah, enough to do this. Man, that's a lot of work.
3: <laughs> that's a lot of
1: work. Do you actually play the game? Uh, you know, I I have a little bit. My sons, I've got a 14- and a 15-year-old son. They both uh, love the game and play a lot. So I get to see and hear the results of the work, <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm no good, so I don't play.
3: Wow, that's six days of recording. Yeah, didn't, that's amazing. I, I I talked to a guy who does the uh who does the the Madden uh, Brandon Gauton. He he does yeah. the Madden and he was telling me how long it takes to yeah. do that and people think it's so easy and simple. But I mean, they've got to—they've got to. You said they've got to talk about every possible scenario that can happen in a football game, which is even more than a basketball game because you're talking about flags, offsides, illegal (laughs) procedure. I mean, all this (laughs) stuff they got to rehearse. And he said it's crazy.
1: Wow! Yeah, the play-by-play guys especially because they're—they're talking about, uh, as you know. Every intricacy of the game. I'm just talking about score and players and and who they are and what they've just done. But I don't have to say dribbles to the left or <laughs> puts up a rainbow three. Like, I don't have to worry about any of that. So the, the guys who are recording this stuff for play by play, I can't even imagine how much work that is. My voice was gassed after doing just my part.
3: So now I know like for for me and Adam, you know, we, we are concerned about our voices sometimes. Sometimes you get, if you catch a cold, your voice, you know, changes and you got to, you know, you got to take all these precautions to to make sure your voice is where it's supposed to be. Now, do you have to do the same thing doing what you do?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I do think in public address, uh, I can push through it a little bit more than I could if I was doing TV or radio, because you're supposed to be more personality based on tv or radio and so it can be more noticeable if you have a cold because that can come through whereas in public address i can kind of force through that a little bit and it's not as immediately noticeable but i i do have times where i get a cold or a sore throat or a runny nose and you've got to just drink tea and take it easy and um you know hope for the best i thankfully knock on wood have never missed a game due to illness um or not having a voice and so i, I plan on continuing uh, along that route if at all possible
2: all right whispers what do you got you got any research uh for our special guest
0: well there wasn't a whole lot out there but uh <laughs> 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 first, first of all tim uh, sorry about that lost night in in illinois um oh, oh he's a big northwestern Northam- guy home. all yeah, right yeah, so fair enough <laughs> Um, but yeah, you were talking about earlier about getting the crowd excited, even whether they're winning or losing or anything like that, but then you had that unique experience of having to call touchdowns in soldier field without a single person in the stands. What, what was that like?
1: Uh, honestly, football was the, hard, I called 110 straight games without a single fan. Um, cause I was in the NBA bubble and did, and the WNBA bubble. So did 60 games there, then did football, soccer uh Bulls and Illini, all full seasons without without fans uh but but the Bears was the hardest because in an open air stadium you can see all 60,000 empty seats uh and there's no way to cover that it's just me and 22 football players um and they couldn't pipe in uh, a rising and falling crowd sound like they could in soccer and the NBA the NFL wouldn't allow it in stadium so it was it was very awkward um but my job in that respect was to do it for television and to do it for the players to try to make the situation feel as normal as possible and so i had to just have that in my head of i'm trying to give the players and the officials the information they need to give them energy, even though there aren't fans in the building, and to make it sound on television like they're watching a game with 60,000 people rather than with zero. Um, So it was weird, especially for my first year. I'd never done NFL before, and so my first year was completely uh, crowdless. But um, uh, we got through it, and I'm very, very glad fans are back.
2: People who work uh, professional sports always have some stories about uh, travel nightmares. You're trying to do NFL, NBA, MLS, tra- traveling from here and there. You got any stories about uh, almost not making it to a game because of weather conditions or other issues?
1: I've had a few that I have cut close. It hasn't necessarily been weather, but um, you know, two games in the same day where I'm in Champaign for an early Illinois game at, you know, noon or one. And then I've got a bulls game I've got to be at. So the Illinois game goes long and then you get in the car and you hit traffic. So that has happened. But I think the most exhausting one I've had, um, was this past December. I did the big 10 football championship game in Indianapolis. So, uh, Michigan and Purdue, and that game didn't get over until like 1230. Um, and my spotter and I got in the car by about one o'clock and drove from Indianapolis to Chicago to do bears Packers at noon. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had very little sleep, um, a whole lot of time on the road. We were already exhausted from the big 10 championship game. And, uh, that's probably the, the one that I was like, you know, this isn't ideal. I, I wouldn't <laughs> change it to getting to do those two games back to back, but it was, it was cutting it a little closer than I'd like to.
3: Give us give our listeners a little a little taste of what you know, growing up, you know, some people want to be, you know, football players, basketball players. Tell us a little bit. Did you growing up, was this something you envisioned that you want to do? Did you were you one of those guys that you had a deep voice as a baby? You know, you'd be like, <laughs> Hey mom, can you give me some milk? You know, I mean, did you have that voice where your mom goes, I think he's gonna be a PA guy? So tell us a little bit how you got into it and, and what was your direction getting into this the field we're in now?
1: Well, I will say, I don't know about the deep voice, but my mom did always say uh, that my brain never had a thought that my mouth couldn't use. Um, So I think she knew I was going to talk for a living. She thought more lawyer. Uh, I actually jumped into studying architecture in college and thought that was going to be my path in life. And then uh, about a semester or two in, I realized I needed a little spending money. And I happened to know somebody who worked at a local radio station. I just said, hey, do you you need any help? And whether it was brilliance or idiocy, I'm not sure. But he said, hey, do you want to be on the air? And I went, all right. And so uh, the night before my first college final, uh, 11 p.m. to 6 a.m., I did my first radio shift and fell in love with it. I wasn't any good, but I fell in love with using my voice to communicate with people. And um, that kind of led me down the path to communication. I dropped out of architecture school after three semesters, jumped into radio full time. Uh, but it was about a decade later that I really started to mix my love for sports and um, my communication background. And that got me uh, you know, a little job at Illinois doing softball. And one thing eventually leads to the next, and suddenly you're, you're doing Bulls games. Well, I know
2: you've got an 8 o'clock game, Illinois-Northwestern. Then you'll get in the car, and the second half of the NBA season starts. Bulls at home tomorrow night against the Brooklyn Nets. So, Tim, we'll let you get on with uh, your, your activities, trying to get ready for the game tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. And Stacy will bring you a care package of his signature hot sauce. You can, you can uh, drown the vocal cords with some spicy hot <laughs> sauce to make sure you're ready for the second half of the NBA schedule.
1: You know, I may wait till after the game tomorrow and <laughs> yeah. try it just in yeah. case. But yeah. uh, I can't wait; that, I'm looking forward to it.
2: <laughs>
3: One of the best in the business,
2: Tim. Thank you so much. Good luck with the game tonight. We'll see you at the United Center. Thank you, guys. Can't wait. Been a pleasure. Tim Sinclair, the PA voice for the Chicago Bulls. Coming up next, we'll talk a little college basketball and a whole lot more on Give Me the Hot Sauce. We had a lot of fun talking with Tim Sinclair. He's looking forward to sampling some of Stacy's signature hot sauce. And we haven't heard from our buddy Christopher Walken for a while. So, Chris, tell the folks how they can get their own bottles of Gimme a Hot Sauce.
0: Well, we got some news. Stacy. Right. you want to tell them the news?
2: What, what, is, what is the news? <laughs> What's
3: the
0: news, Chris? Where the sauce <laughs> is going to be. It's
3: going to be in a lot of places. Like, what do you mean?
0: What do you say? As you
3: can tell, we didn't rehearse yeah, this we, bit. Yeah, well, this is all <laughs> off the cuff.
0: Well, they're not making a walking burger. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay,
3: okay. Yeah, we forgot. It. Wait, read the read, read now. I'll, I'll explain it to the to the viewers, Christopher. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they eat, uh, kidneys with the fava beans.
0: <laughs> that wasn't me. That was another creepy old guy.
2: I just saw Phil Collins walk by, too. Yeah.
0: That's right. I can feel it. (laughs) Yeah, tonight. He's going to be on here soon. I hope so. I keep trying to get him in the studio, but I don't know. So, yeah, we got the hottest sauces you could get, including 1871. We use that to coax in Mr. Susudio. Come here. (laughs) So, yeah, Stacy, you can tell him about the sauce and I'm making burgers. But in the meantime, go to gimme the hot and use code King21 and get 21% off your first order.
2: And also coming to jewel stores in the Chicagoland area.
0: That's right.
2: Yes, it is.
0: Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
2: we have
3: breaking news, America. Give me the hot sauces everywhere right now. We're we oh my goodness, we, we are making big moves. We just we I told y'all about the burger. We have a burger that's being created. Um Goose Island does a burger once a month for charity. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever you buy the burger, this is going to be a Stacy King, give me the hot sauce themed burger. I've got uh, last week, um, I went to the taste testing. Yeah. And I was with the chef and all the people making the burger. Oh, man, We had some good ideas, Mark. <laughs> some Some didn't make it. Some were good. I brought I brought my boy Mike. You know, Mike came yeah, with me because yeah. he, he was on duty, he was protecting me. And uh, you know, I I wanted Mike to taste the, the hot sauce because he never tasted the hot sauce on the actual burgers mm-hmm. and stuff. So, and uh, you know, Mike just ate all the burgers. Like he just <laughs> he just kept eating. We we were leaving, we were leaving to go shoot this commercial, and Mike was still eating the burgers. We had to send, we had to send like people to go get Mike. Like, Mike, <laughs> come on, man. Mike was eating the burgers. That's how good the burger was. Yeah. So we we came up with the flavor that's going to be in goose Island in the United center. And I think in their, in their main bar, um, for a whole month, um, it's going to be a barbecue cheddar bacon nice. uh, burger with the hot sauce, uh, not only, uh, in the meat, they use the hot sauce in the meat. So you can taste it in yeah. the burger. Uh, you're also going to get it on the burger, but they have a side, uh, aola, um, aioli? they use, they mix that with the green, with the green salsa verde mm-hmm. to dip your fries in. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> the full experience. Oh my oh. God. I, they were trying to get me. And I had a Goose Island too. I shout yeah. out to Goose Island. Goose Island, you know, we are looking for sponsors. I don't turn <laughs> them down on my collar. I'm mentioning your name right now, Goose Island, okay? So 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 I, I'm, I'm having a Goose Island with me, you know, cause that's, I'm, uh, matter of fact, it was when we played the Bucks last Thursday. Yeah. So I was off. So I was, I went on the clock so I could drink. So I was drinking the Goose Island, having my hot sauce burger. Oh, America <laughs> trust me in April when this burger comes out make sure you get to Goose Island in the United Center if you're in for any kind of event in the United Center it'll be there in April for the whole month and when you buy a burger uh not only do not only does it go to charity the money go to charity you also get a bottle of one of my flavors of hot sauce so nice. that's going to be a giveaway anybody who buys that burger eats that burger will get hot sauce free at the end but I'm telling you it'll be one of the best burgers
2: you eat I'm telling you and the Stacy's Hot Sauce will be available in Jewel Osco stores coming up as we get ready for March Madness. And, you know, we're talking about uh, getting a bottle of hot sauce for yourself. We also are finding a way to maybe put some uh, cash in your wallet. So we always want to take care of our viewers and listeners here on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. We've got something new coming up for March Madness. It's a contest that you can get involved in. It's the Gimme the Hot Sauce Bracket Challenge with our friends at Run Your Pool. We've teamed up with them to give you a chance to compete in the Bracket Challenge. Run Your Pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their friends together to connect and compete. RYP has over 50 game types for every sport you can think of. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming, over 2 million players, no better place to run your bracket for your friends, family, or office. March Madness is coming. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool. And you can compete in the Bracket Challenge. It's really simple. You just fill out your picks for all 63 games in the tournament and get points for each pick you get right. Run Your Pool is giving away $500 in cash prizing for the top three finishers. First place, $300. Second place, $150. Third place is $50. And as Stacy mentioned in his Instagram chat before we started, He's going to give out a bottle of hot sauce to whoever comes in fourth. So and, one, four and one more,
3: and one more thing. It's so a four-pack. Number one, okay. you get all four. There you for go. Finish in fourth, so we want to make sure. And it's play for free. You yeah. don't have to put any money in. Doesn't cost in. you anything. Doesn't cost you anything. You got a chance to win some cash. Try to beat you, us. Try to beat us because it's not going to happen. Because I am very good when it comes to the NCAA tournament.
0: Stacy's getting that three hundred bucks.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm getting that on the side.
2: So here's how you can enter. Again, as the Stacy just mentioned, it is free to play. So head over to play dot run our pool run your pool wow this is a tough read i don't know hey, hey, here we go pool. we, we got to make sure we get this right if you want to enter so it's play dot dot com slash hot sauce Hot sauce is one word. And don't forget to get your picks in when the bracket is live. Of course, Selection Sunday coming up in just a couple of weeks. So as soon as the uh, teams the field is announced, go to play.runyourpool.com slash hot sauce. Make all your selections. The winner will win $300. So we encourage everybody to take part in that. Everybody likes to have office pools. Here's another chance for you to get involved with March Madness, and it won't cost you a cent. It's free. Yeah. So Stacey, how about a little bit of insight? It seems like every week we're getting changes at the top of, of the AP poll because teams are getting knocked off left and right. Purdue was number one for a while. They lost a couple of games. Northwestern beat them. Indiana beat them. They've dropped down. Houston is number one right now. Alabama had to win in overtime yesterday, so they're they're going to stay, even though we got them spelled wrong on the graphic. We got to we got to help. We got to check some of those who, things.
3: Who spelled? Oh, they did spell Alabama wrong.
2: A lab, but well, yeah, look, you know, <laughs> hey, look, hey, you see, you see how they
3: switch that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, we'll, you we'll go. Go. <laughs> there you go, there you go. I'm gonna, i gonna say, I don't know, who's, I'm not gonna who's, say who's name that. We're not gonna throw them under the bus. We're not so, gonna, but if you know it about the tight t-shirts, you know whenever you know whoever the guy that wears the tight t-shirts, it was him. I'm sorry. I didn't say his name no. I didn't say his name. Francisco. I mean, oh, oh, it's, sorry. it's oh, fixed now. All right. Oh, we're very good it. now. He fixed wow, it. The power that's, that's of TV. Quick. All right. So you look at those yeah, names. Yeah, who do you like? Listen, who do you like? You look this at those year? names right there. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have Houston in your final four-board, yeah. I mean, yeah, you might as well just hang it up. They're they're gonna be there. They're one of the oldest teams in college basketball. So that normally wins games when you have a veteran laden team. Yeah, they made a good yeah. run last year, yeah, too. they they're really good. I would I would also say, I'd also say keep an eye on uh on tennessee tennessee's another team man that you know they've been up high this year and then mm-hmm. they come down a little bit but they are a really running gun defensive oriented team those are my two picks that i think are definitely going to be there i'd also say virginia
2: and purdue keep an eye on those two i like uh arizona's chances they've not done well in the tournament but they've got two big guys up front that can give you a little bit of a different look most teams are guard oriented in today's Today's game. The three point shot is king, but Arizona's got a couple of post players that that you want to keep an eye on. And there's the Big Twelve has been so competitive this year. You see Texas and Baylor up there, Kansas, Kansas State has been good this year. It'll be interesting to see how the Big Twelve tournament shakes out. And you know, there's a lot of teams that could make a run. I think this tournament is about as wide open as we've seen in years. Let me years.
3: see the second. Let me see the second uh guys. Okay, so you're looking on that list right there. I would probably say keep an eye on 21 Northwestern Wildcats. Second place in the no, big 10. No, no, no. Listen, they're going out in the first round. No, um, no, no. I no. Know, oh, they I, they hey. might not make it to the second weekend. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would probably say, if I would say a surprise team out of that group, I'd say keep an eye on TCU. That'd be, that'd be one of my little dark horses. Yeah. yeah keep an eye on TCU. They, they, they're really good.
2: And the Big East has been really competitive. Hey, where's Marquette? Oklahoma, surprising man? Is Oklahoma season. Up there? Oklahoma there? No, you know that I heard. Well, I shouldn't even say this because you're going to get angry. But they're projecting that nine of the ten teams in the in the Big Twelve are going to make it. You know, the one that's not.
3: Oklahoma. You know, Mark, that's that's <laughs> false. That's, that's fake news. You're well, this it's looking news. at, this, hey, look hey, at the your standings. Your he's Who? your new Fredo. I'm Fake the Yeah, yeah, Fredo.
2: <laughs> he's my new Fredo, America. Oh man. Who told you that, Mark? That's what the projections, the bracketologists, right now are projecting nine teams out of the Big 12. Oklahoma right now is under 500, so that they're not going to make it unless they win the Big 12 tournament. Listen, you know what? The, you know who else might not make it?
3: Like Duke and North Carolina. Right. New, you, know North this, it, you notice? The first you notice team it out. It, yeah. all those teams we saw right there? Yeah. When was the last time you didn't see a Duke or North Carolina team that was in those yeah, top twenty-five? Yeah. That is crazy. I was talking to Scott Williams the other day, and we were talking about that. And um, you know, we were trying. You know, I've I watched North Carolina play, and one of the things that I noticed. Listen, one of the things that's really kind of hurt the college basketball game is the NIL. I don't care what nobody says. I mean, I'm all for the players getting some money. You know, but this this stuff is starting to get completely out of hand. Guys are, you know, kids are making 500 to a million dollars. What is the incentive for those guys to, to come in and play hard every night? You know, it used to be when guys weren't getting paid, they were trying to, you know, they were trying to, you know, play hard to get to the NFL. They were playing hard to get to the NBA. Now you got kids that, you know, are making damn near a million dollars. They're driving big cars in school. It causes jealousy amongst the rest of the team because there's other guys who don't get that. So you're calling, causing a lot of envy and jealousy there. So when you go into the tournament or you go into a season like North Carolina, you have guys that are making a lot of money and guys who are not, and yeah. it causes dissension on the team. And then, you know, all of a sudden now you've got anarchy and teams who are, are supposed to be really good are not playing well together as a team because I believe it's the nil. They they need a they need a doctor and, and and get that under control because what you've done now is basically said, hey, you know the thing they guarded against for so many years in NCAA about the boosters and stuff. All you've done now is just open the door uh, and, and let the boosters in now, and whoever's got the hot the most money can pay the most. Whatever school has the the most uh, boosters can you know really
0: kind of get the the best players
2: so whispers you got any advice for the folks uh, besides northwestern you got any teams you like
0: uh no I'm, I'm with him tcu i like is a dark horse i also think creighton they had a they had a kid injured right that now is back is that what i'm thinking of? i'll have to get research that yeah i think yeah i, think that I know they lost one. to
2: marquette the other day
0: yeah but they're getting a kid back that could make a difference or something that i just read about that so
2: yeah, there's a lot of conferences that have been really bunched up, a lot of competitive uh, leagues right now. So we'll see how the conference tournaments shake up. And we'll we'll continue to update this over the next couple of weeks before the Selection Sunday arrives. But the thing that you need to know is that we've got a contest coming up, the Give Me the Hot Sauce Bracket Challenge. Go to com slash hot sauce, and fill out your bracket, and you have a chance possibly to, to win some and cash. right
0: beforehand, we're going to have to expose our picks.
2: Expose what? Our picks. Oh, okay, our picks. All right. Our I, didn't know, picks. I didn't know where you were going. Well, well with they, that. they can see it. <laughs> <there>. Oh wow! <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Expose ourselves, oh <laughs> lord! The, uh, so yeah, you'll see me on there as T Whispers. All right. So um, yeah.
2: It'll, oh, you
0: already created. It gets, your name? Well, because they got to look at it and figure out how to beat us.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of strategy involved. Right. Okay. Three
1: hundred dollars. though. I'm sign it. up,
2: it's free. A <laughs> lot keep of money. That sauce. it's time for the Biggers This Week. What are we watching on television? Sponsored by Biggers Mazda, their new sizzling Elgin location at Randall Road, is the biggest Mazda store in Illinois. Biggers is offering a bottle of Stacy's Signature Hot Sauce. It's everywhere, with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. Your choice, everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So make sure to join the fun at twenty-one hundred randall road in elgin that's bigger's mazda tell our buddy jim Lecter that the hot sauce crew sent you over for a test drive and you want your bottle of hot sauce yeah just for that reason go over there and test drive a car
3: right, I'm, I'm
2: gonna i'm gonna start off over we're watching because i gotta i gotta help people because yeah, sometimes ahead. you know you see <laughs> the academy award nominations and you think i gotta check that movie out it must be really good if it was nominated for an academy award well i'm here mm-hmm. to tell you the Banshees of Insharing is one of the worst movies I have ever seen in my entire life. And, you know, I, I, after the first few minutes, you know, a lot of times, you know, you think I'm going to walk out of the theater, I'm going to turn this off. But my personality is once I start watching a movie, I almost have to finish it. So I put myself through two hours of misery. This thing is just horrible. It's about these two guys uh, live on an island off the Irish coast. And one guy decides, they, they used to go to the pub every day and they were buddies. And one guy just decided out of nowhere that he doesn't want to be friends with this guy anymore and just completely shuts off communications with it. The rest of the movie is just how their lives just just crumble because because of their adversity against each other. Guy's cutting off his fingers. It's just just one of the worst movies you've ever seen. So do not, please, do not watch this Was film.
0: it worse than Battlefield Earth? I didn't see Battlefield <laughs> Earth, but,
2: but this is really bad. So that's your benchmark I'm calling now. people off, yeah. Wow, that's... Uh...
3: I, I could tell you from the previews. You just asked me, I'd have told you that it sucked. I mean, I like Brendan Gleeson, and yeah. I, I like him I like him as an actor, um, but I, I just felt like even him as a good actor was not going to save this movie. Because, you know, you know, when they show the previews, normally that's like the best of the movie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's how they hook you. You know, that's yeah. how they hook you to come in like, oh, my God, we got to go see this movie. And then you get there. It's kind of like George of the Jungle. I remember I remember taking my kids to George yeah. of the Jungle, the, the live version with yeah, Brendan yeah. Gleeson. And I, you know, my my kids were like little guys, you know? So I'm like, they want to go see it. So I'll take them to go see the movie. First minute of the movie, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, this is the worst kids movie ever. And then, like, I told my kids, like, hey, listen, guys, I'm just going to go get some popcorn. I'll be right (laughs) back. And I might be back in two hours. I I left them there. I left them in there. I I sat outside the theater, man, and just ate some popcorn and... I got them some popcorn. I brought it back in. And I said, hey, I got to take this. Call Be right back. Yeah. I did not watch that movie. It was awful. And even my son now who's like 30. it's like, yeah, Dad, that movie. Remember that Georgia, the jungle movie? That was awful. I don't even know why you took us there. <laughs> Just like a little grateful. <laughs> hey,
0: you can't get that time back. No. So, on.
2: so Whispers is going to tell us about an inspiring film he saw on the plane.
0: I didn't even know it was old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Prisoners. Prisoners.
2: Not, okay. Nice uplifting stories yeah. we've got for the folks <laughs> yeah, this week. Yeah,
0: about yeah. Yeah, two kids that get kidnapped.
2: Oh, that sounds like a lot That's of way fun. To, way to bring down the mood, Tim. <laughs>
0: yeah, <it's> just... <laughs> two six-year-olds get kidnapped. Was... Way to bring it down, Tim. Uh, yeah, Did you yeah. enjoy the film? I was really enjoying it. It was a wild ride, but I was, I was sweating... The yeah. back was all cramped up. I'm on an airplane. Oh, man. Just completely miserable. Like, why did I put this on? And people probably just thought you had some kind pers- of
3: sickness or something. They're like, is this dude got COVID? Like, What's he's just starting to no, sweating. The guy,
0: the guy next to me is like, I can't stop looking at your screen. I watched that before. He goes, it's crazy. It's intense. And uh, yeah. I'm like, I've never yeah, even he heard probably of probably thought huge you cast. had porn playing. He's like, listen, this guy <laughs> got, wait
3: a minute, is that. Kendra Lust. <laughs>
0: well, I had that on first. But
3: <laughs> no, but seriously, he thought it was a new movie. It's an old movie. I had. I had. How can you line- tell? Hugh Jackson had, looks yeah, the same. Turns out it's the I had enlightened him. Mark, this was an old movie. Yeah. And, uh, Davis. Yeah, it was. It was a good movie. A lot of good actors and Jake actresses in this He'll movie. Look the same. And it was. It was. Um, you know, they had the one kid, the the creepy dude, Paul. Um uh, Paul. He's yeah, like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> oh man, he's creepy. There's every movie he's done is creepy. He did that movie There Will Be Blood with um um uh, when, when he was Paul like Paul Dano. A, yeah, Paul Dano, that's his name. <laughs> Just a creepy guy. And I think he's in in Batman, in uh in the new Batman with um he plays uh he plays like uh, well I think he's gonna play the Joker. Because he was in the he was in the prison he was in the prison when when the yeah he was yeah so when Batman went into the prison to talk to him he was behind the scenes and he was the one killing everybody they found out you know who it was and it was that I'm sorry if you didn't see Batman uh, what's the name of that Batman movie The Batman The Batman <laughs> the is that the name of the it Batman. The Batman damn that was basic <laughs> There's like three Batman four or five Batmans Are you serious It was that Batman. Robert Pattinson was the Batman, which was cool. I thought it was—I thought it was one of the best ones. Um, but yeah, Paul Dano's just creepy, man. There will be blood. He was in there. Uh, look up who the actor was—Jeffrey Day Lewis. That's I think is his name. Jeffrey Day Lewis was the, uh, the actor, and he was—he was like a, the, the Dano character was a preacher. Oh man, it was he was creepy in that movie. I was so—I <laughs> was so glad they, that he got Daniel, beat down. Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel Daniel Day Daniel Lewis. Day Day yes. yes. What did I say? Real. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, okay, okay. Wait to correct me on that, guys. So St- Daniel Day. So Stacey, you've got something good for people to watch. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm telling tell y'all something. Yeah, America, America. Put mine up on the screen, people. Okay, there we go, right there. I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. I want to be a go. freak with somebody. Uplifting, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, I mean, listen, man. I just you forget how talented Whitney oh, yeah. Houston was until you hear. Her music. I, I said the same thing about Rihanna at the Super Bowl. You didn't, you kind of forget how many hit songs she had, and then she starts playing them in the Super Bowl. You're like, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. My yeah. umbrella, you know, that kind of stuff. But Whitney Houston had hit after hit. She's like one of the most successful um, singers of all time. She beat the Beatles, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and just showing her, you know, showing how it all started behind the scenes. You know, when she was alive, you know, I think everyone knew like her and her friend Robin were more than just friends. You know what I'm saying? But no one ever, no one ever knew. You couldn't tell it, but they came out and said it. You know, they came out in this movie and said they were more than friends, and you saw it. Uh, they also showed that how her behind the scenes, you know, what made her venture into drugs and and you know to go down that path. Uh, how she met Bobby Brown, how her father stole millions from her. Uh, it just showed why she was a, really a mental wreck. You know, it was all this stuff. Here's a girl with this booming voice. Her mother, you know, she sang back up in her mother's, um, you know, her mother's uh, band. Yeah. And one night they they had Clive, De- Clive Davis come, who was the big record, record executive, and said, hey, we got this teenage girl that's got a really good voice, boom, boom, boom. And the first night he saw her sing, he said, this is the voice of, she's the voice of this generation. And I'm telling you, I mean, the girl who played her, played her to a T. So after after the movie, they showed the actual footage of Whitney and all the footage that they had in the movie. So this girl was portraying Whitney in certain things when she did the Super Bowl, which is arguably one of the greatest yeah, Super sure. Bowl, you know, national anthems next to, again, another, another R&B singer. You know, Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye did the, the NBA um, playoff thing. And then you had Whitney do the Super Bowl. Those were the two greatest, yeah. you know, national anthems. Um, just amazing, amazing voice, man. It's so sad that you think these people like, you know, Michael Jackson, Prince, um, you know, Whitney Houston have so much going for them, so much to live for. But behind the scenes, you never know what these people right. are going through. So, so many people think, oh, they got the great life. They got all the money, the cars, the big houses. But these people have tormented souls, man, and it goes way deeper than just being an entertainer. This is stuff coming from her childhood. Her mother and father were constantly fighting all the time. Um, I her brother said
0: this was uplifting. Shut up, damn! <laughs> I slap you in the throat.
3: Okay. <laughs> all of a sudden, no people. people it is was, uplifting.
0: Prisoners was more uplifting. No, no, no. Prisoners was <laughs> more. Right. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs>
3: but, but no, seriously, you, people need to check out this movie. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's, uh, the, the actress who played her. I did a phenomenal job. Looked just like yeah. her, the body movement, how she carried herself. And at the end of the movie, they show the credits, and every every one of the credits that they had were actually in the movie. And it looked just like Whitney. The movements and everything it was awesome. So we get
2: a strong recommendation I wanna dance for that. With
3: somebody, woo!
2: And don't watch Banshees of. Insurance. I want to be a free so, so. from somebody. Are you talking about can't, Frank Farmer. Can't, can't say that enough. Hey, before oh, we Frank get Farmer. before we get out of here, is, is Mike waiting outside or? Oh yeah, you, Mike yeah, a Frank Farmer. Yeah, Mike, Mike. Let me tell
3: you something. Mike's getting ready to go to Ireland, in, in a week or so, he's going to see the boss again. Again, okay. Okay, you know, and and he's going to go to Portland. So you know, Mike is planning his trip. So, you know, like, you know hey. So the bosses
2: people must know who he is by now. Just, yeah, like, you know what? On.
3: Hey, you know, he might be on a wonder poster. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> be on the lookout for this guy. He's been in to too many. You know, yeah. if, they, if they see him too well, much. Why is this guy always they, here? You know, who is this guy? Is this assassination <laughs> attempt? You know, they got Mike's photo. You know, they keep an eye on Mike. But Mike, Mike, is, Mike, let me tell you something. Mike went to go taste the burger the other day, man. And, um, you know, I always try to include Mike in things. Like, yeah. so I was like, come on, Mike, I want you to, you know, I want you to taste this burger. Tell me what you think. you bring opinion. the Double Mint Twins for the taste of nah, this Del- No, Double Mint Twins, we kept them in the car. Because <laughs> we had other places to go. A we, other, we kept them in the car. We, you know, we gave them, you know, what they needed. And they stayed right there. So I bring Mike in there. And Mike, Mike's just like, you know, he knows the the arena. He sees the arena. He, he used his dad, used, I think, used to work there. Yeah. So Mike's familiar with the arena. So, but, man, you just saw Mike, you know, eating them hamburgers. You would have thought he was on death row. <laughs> <laughs> it's like his last meal. It's his last meal. I literally had to go get one of the bulls, one of the bulls' employees to go get him. Like, hey, yeah. can you go get my man, Mike? <laughs> Mike, Mike said on eating the burger. I'm like, whoa. Whoa, killer. He, he's a Mike. Mike, if you listen, baby, don't let don't let them come between us, baby. Don't let them break <laughs> us up, Mike. I know you're out there listening in the car right now. Stay loyal to me, Mike. Stay loyal. Don't listen to Mark, man. He'll come between us. This is how the Beatles broke up. So how tell the folks how they can get a, a ride from Windy City Limousine? Windy City Limousine provides championship service. Making a reservation is so easy; it's a slam dunk. <laughs> Let Windy City break the full court pressure of traffic and get you to your destination on style and on time. Contact us at eight four seven. 916-9300 or Windy City Limos dot
2: com. Celebrity Voice Impersonated.
0: <laughs> Clarice Clarice I think it's time to bring down the curtain on Agent episode stopping. 119
2: we are officially off the rails want to thank our guest Tim Sinclair, the PA voice Tim. at the United Center for your Chicago Bulls we'll so get ready to start the second half of the NBA season Friday night, Stacy and Adam back at work, hard at work as the final 23 games of the schedule hopefully the Bulls can get on a run and make a chance to get into the postseason play again thank you for watching and listening we'll be back with a brand new episode next week until then drive home safely to Chicago beep beep, beep, beep. beep. <laughs> Disney, Disney
3: does it again. big time big time it up.